We are continuing our study on Christ as the life. We've been now for some months in the I am's of Jesus, and we are looking at the life. He is the life. Amen. In Colossians 3, we looked at this last week. We're going to look at some of the same scriptures we looked at last week. And I want to say, if you did not listen to last week's recording, I would highly encourage you to go back and do that. I really, really would. Actually, the last two weeks. And if you would do it, do it in order. But in Colossians 3, verse 1, it says, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, for Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth, for you are dead. And your life is hid with Christ in God. All right. That's a mouthful. That's so much to comprehend. You are dead. And your life is hid with Christ and God. Now, Paul's writing this to the Colossian church. He's writing it to people who I believe were breathing oxygen. So he's not talking about them being physically dead. He's talking about the work of the cross that in the work of the cross, you are dead to the old man. You are dead to the law. You're dead to the world. You're dead to all these elements that are out here. And your life is hid with Christ in God. This is where our life's at. That's why he says, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God, or sitteth on the right hand of God. Seek that which is above. So I could consider that my life is in that which is above, not on things on the earth. And when I say that, does that mean my life is somewhere out there in the future. Is that what he's saying? It, it, it's, it's somewhere way up in the heavens. No, it doesn't. It means that which is above is Christ. He, he said that, we read that in the study. He said that he is above, I am above, and he told the Jews, you are from beneath. I am above, you are from beneath. So that which is above is that which is of Christ. The same way we could say that which is heavenly, which we will most likely look at in the study today. So, so he's above. Just, just like God said in Isaiah, that his ways were above man's ways. His ways were past finding out. Glory to God. But Christ came and Christ says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, take my yoke upon you and learn 
of meat. So the ways of God were past man's ability to find out in himself. Man couldn't do, do it. Man couldn't find the ways of God out. But Christ came and presented them, lived them in the earth, and now is revealing them in us by his spirit that we would live not according to the things of the earth, not according to religious things, not according to the natural things, but according to him. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. We would find our life in him. And we would express our life that we find in him into natural things, such as our marriages. It's a good one to talk, to talk about. as. I'm married, and I assume some of the folks that hear these recordings are married. We express our union with Christ into our marriage. Because we're one with him, we're one with our wife or our husband. We express our union as one. See, as this living relationship becomes real in us, that we're in union with Christ, the expression of that union needs to be manifest in our homes, to our children, to our friends, to our enemies. Glory to God. We express that of him that we know. And that's our life. That's what, that's what we're, we're dealing with here in Colossians 3. If we've been risen with Christ, we seek the things that are above. That's the things of him. For Christ sit upon the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things in the earth. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ and God. When Christ who is our life shall appear, or be manifest. We spent a lot of time on this last week when he is manifest, rendered apparent. Then shall you also appear with him in glory. So when he is rendered apparent, we are rendered apparent with him in glory. Doesn't say in glory land. It says in glory. Now I want you to go backwards with me to Colossians 1. Colossians 1, verse 24. Paul writes, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and do fulfill and do fill up the things lacking of the tribulations of the Christ in my flesh for his body, which is the assembly or the church, of which I did become a minister according to the dispensation of God that was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. 
the secret that had been hid from ages and from generations, but now was manifested to his saints, to whom God did will to make known what is the riches of the glory of the secret among the nations, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we proclaim, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. For which, I, for which also I labor, striving according to his working that is working in me in power. So Paul sets forth Christ in you, the hope of glory. If you are a believer and you have received Jesus Christ as your Savior, that you've really been born again and he's come into you, He's brought you to himself, just like he said in John 14, I will come again and I will receive you to myself. That's where you've been brought to himself. And as he says also in John 14, I, at that day, you'll know I am in my father, you are in me, and I'm in you. So he's in you. Now, Colossians 3, we're dealing with he that is in you, your life, appearing. Not an outward appearance, but an inward appearance by the Spirit of God. John 16, he said that the Spirit shall come. When the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. At 16, 13, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me. This word glorify means render glorious. He shall render me glorious. For he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. So Jesus said the spirit is going to receive of him. All of Christ is received up unto God. God is spirit. And now the spirit of God shows us Christ. He renders it apparent in our heart. And our heart comes to dwell in what? The Spirit of God showing us. So we see our union and relationship with Christ by the Spirit of God. If we would begin to see our union and relation, we have been united with Him in His death. Nothing I could do to unite me with him. He had to do it. I received it. I believe in it. But he did it. And by his spirit, he brings me into a persuasion that is true. 
I believe that. I'm dead, like Paul wrote. I've been united by the Spirit of God with Christ in his death. And there's a measure of that that's real in me. A measure. The measure of him that I've come to know. That's how it works, I believe. As I know him in a greater measure of that death, there will be a greater measure manifesting in me. That's, that's what Colossians 3, I believe, is talking about. As he is manifest, as he appears, as he is, we appear with him. Well, he's dead to sin. So sin has no judgment against him because he died to it. So I've been baptized into that death. Glory to God. And through him, not through me, through him, I believe there's a work where sin does not have judgment against me. Again, I said through him. Because he died to sin. Now he liveth unto God. So this is this is the this is so beautiful to get a hold of. He died to sin, but he liveth unto God. And we, and he's our life. So his life is unto God. It's not unto sin. It's unto God. Our salvation is unto God. Glory to the Lamb of God. So as I comprehend him, I live unto God in that measure. Amen? Now, I love the word measure. Uh, there's, there's pictures in the Bible of the measurements of the temple of God. I believe it's in the book of, uh, of Ezekiel and then in the book of Revelation, where they're measuring the city <laughs> and the temple and the things therein. And there's measurements when you go back into the Bible and, and, and God tells Moses, see that you make it according to the pattern shown to you on the mount. The brazen altar has a specific measurement and Moses had to make it in the measure. And every article of furniture in the temple, in the tabernacle, had to be measured out. Now, why did it have to be measured out? Because that, that was speaking of the measure of Christ that was going to operate in our souls, in our lives. That as we know him in that measure, it's going to operate. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Now, how do I know him? In measurements. 
by the Spirit of God. He shall take of me. This ain't a one-time event. This ain't a one-time event. This is a daily, ongoing event, if you want to call it that, or experience of the Lord. It's a daily walk of the Lord. Glory to God. I used to look for events. And now I have a daily event. <laughs> what I mean by that is I used to look for a one-time event, this one-time coming thing. And now as I turn my heart to the Lord daily, I find an event with Christ, if I want to call it an event. A time of knowing, a time of receiving of Him. And this is filling up my soul. Glory to God. In His death, His burial, and His resurrection. That I might express it in the earth. And that's what I want to do. My heart is to come among you through social media or live and express him and bring a people into the expression of him. That's my heart. That's my heart for our local fellowship. We have in Culpeper, Virginia, is they come to a knowing of the Lord that he's rendered glorious in power, that in our hearts we see how glorious he is and how great his death worked in defeating the enemies and how great his life is in bringing us to live unto God. Come to all assurance. That were the Lord's. See, I used to walk in a lot of fear that I wasn't God's, that I've messed up and I'm not God's. Well, I did that many years in my Christian walk. He's brought me into assurance that I'm his. Living in assurance that I'm his. This is living unto God. Because, beloved, now you are the children of God, John writes. And it does not yet appear what you shall be, but when he appears, you shall be like him. See, Jesus never questioned whether he was God's or not. I don't believe, even in the natural. And he sure does it now because he's the divine person of God himself. And so as we know him, as we, as we come to a place of knowing him, we have an assurance that we've been made accepted in the beloved. We don't just read these things in the book. We do read them in the book. I believe in reading them in the book every day. But it's not just a reading in the book. It's when the divine assurance of God 
becomes real in her heart that I've been made accepted in the blood and my life is actually in Christ and that assurance of him becomes real in my soul. That's life, honey. That's a treasure of Christ. To be assured that you're his. To be assured by the Spirit of God that you belong to him and he belongs to you. Hallelujah to the Lamb of the living God. That is life. You, you, you try to define life. It's living in what he is. The assurance of God. Hallelujah. Feeding on what he is, the bread of God. That's how we come there. We feed on what he is. And he raises us up in his life. So this is what we have. This is what we have. I'm just hearing this in my heart. He's rendered glorious in us. John 17, 90s, he says, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which has, thou hast given me, for they are thine. And all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And that's the same word, rendered glorious in them. See, see, this is a glorious thing to come and know you're accepted in the beloved. To know that you're one with Christ. You've been joined to him. You've been joined to him. You're in union with him. Look at Ephesians 2 with me. Let's start at verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. Now I'm going to stop here. Quickened together. The word means to reanimate conjointly with. So our coming to life is with him. Say that again. Our coming to life is with him. So he has made us alive with himself. I believe that's what happens to us in the new birth experience is that Christ the life enters us. And for that brief moment, what we call new birth, we experience being joined to him. In life, and have raised us up together. <laughs> and here it is again, together. Not just raised us up, but together. And that means to rouse from death in company with. So we don't just raise from the dead. 
in ourselves. We're joined to his life. We're raised in his resurrection and made us sit together. And that means to give or take a seat in company with. Made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So everything here is in union with him. Quickened, made alive, raised with, seated with. So my living is according to him. So to know my life is to know Christ. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Because I'm made alive with him. So to know my resurrection from the dead is to know him. Who is the resurrection and the life? To know my being seated in heavenly places is to know him and his authority and throne. That's how he's rendered glorious. He's alive from the dead. He's the only one who could go into death and raise up. I have the power to lay my life down, and Jesus said. And I have the power to take it again. And he did that, folks, for me and you. But not to leave us as just, how to say it, like, like we may think just we're Christians doing the best we can to make it to heaven. That's not how he that's not the truth. He raised us up with him that we could experience what he is and declare it in the earth. So we could experience peace and joy and righteousness and come to a, a place and share it. And through the sharing of it, see people experience it. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. That we could share this great love that God's brought us into, that he's made us one with himself. And we could share it with others that they would come and experience the great love of God. That we would be one with him. Now that's love. Being one with him. He gives us himself. And, and as this love flows out of us, the Holy Ghost sheds abroad in our heart the love of God, who is Christ. Our union and relationship with God through Christ. We can share this with one another. We can share our life because this is what our life is here in heavenly places. When the earth, in the earth, I'm separated from God. In the earth mind, I'm separated from God. In the heavenly mind, I am one with God. Which one would we rather live in? 
one separated from God or one that's one with God? Now, Jesus says this in John 17. In John 17, he says this. That they all may be one. As thou, Father, art in me and I in thee. This is the this is how, as the fathers in Christ, and Christ is in the Father, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me, and the glory which thou gavest me I have given them, that they may be one even as we are one, I in them and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and has loved them as thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou gavest me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world that they may behold my glory. He told us where he's at, I and them, thou and me, that they may be made perfect in one. And that they may behold my glory. This is our transformation, to behold him. See, we're not transformed of our own works. We're transformed by seeing the living Christ who's our life. That's, I, again, I believe that's what Paul's writing in Colossians 3. When he shall appear, we appear with him as one with him in the same measure as he appears to be like him because he appears. And I really believe this is the picture of the cherubim of glory. Like, like I mentioned last week, it's in Exodus, Exodus 37, 7 through 9. says here, and he made two cherubim of gold beaten out of one piece, made he them on the two ends of the mercy seat. One cherub on the, on the end on this side and another cherub on the other end, on that side, out of the mercy seat, made he the cherubims. He made them out of the mercy seat, beating out, beaten out of God's seat of mercy. Hear that. He made the cherubims on the two ends thereof, and the cherubims spread out their wings on high, and they covered their wings over the mercy seat and their faces one toward another, even to the mercy seat were, were the faces of the cherubims. So to me, these cherubim represent the church coming into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. They're made from the mercy seat. He is the mercy seat. He makes us in his own image. Like I said earlier in this recording, 
we have assurance that we are one with God, that we are approved through Christ. We come to a place that this is, this is real in our hearts. God is in us and we are in God. This is done through the mercy seat. Oh, it's done through the Lord Jesus Christ that they may be one as we are one. Oh, what he, what he saw even when he went to the suffering of the tree, even in the suffering of his humanity, what he was seeing before him, that he was going to bring a people into divine union and fellowship with himself, that he would disclose himself to them. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God, that we can live in his glory. He that was raised from the dead, he that was raised out from the dead of Adam, that we can live in his life, in the spiritual mind, in the heavens of the Christ of God. Oh, glory to the Lamb of God. 2 Corinthians 3. 2 Corinthians 3, 9. For if the administration of condemnation be glory, much more doth the administration of righteousness succeed in glory. For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect. Oh, hear that, folks. There was a glory in the law. God appeared in the tabernacle, in the temple, in the law. And if I understand this right, Paul's saying that, that the glory that was there, for even that which was made glorious had no glory, was not comparable to what we have by reason of the glory that excelleth, by reason of the glory of his righteousness. Verse 11, for if that which is done away was glorious, much more that which remaineth is glorious, seeing then that we have such hope we use great plainness of speech and not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. We're not hiding it. We're declaring it, honey. We're declaring this glory, this union, this relationship we have. Not as Moses that put a veil over his face that they couldn't look. We are declaring what God is showing us in Christ. He said, goes on and says, but their minds were blinded, for unto this day remains the same veil and taken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. We are changed into the image of Christ by the Spirit of the Lord. Beholding in a glass the glory of the Lord as we look and see him by the Spirit of God, we are changed into the same image. What are we looking at? We're looking at the divine word of God. Yes, I believe in the written word of God. Behold, he cometh in the volume of the book. It is written of him. 
We are looking at the word of God. We are setting our eyes upon the declaration of Christ as written in the book, honey. That's what I'm reading from. But we're looking in the book to see him appear in our hearts where he's at. That's what Paul is declaring, that this Christ of the Bible is in a people and is appearing in a people to change our minds, our hearts, our souls into the same divine image he is to declare him in the earth. Now that to me is victory. That to me is glory. You talking about glory to walk in Assurance with God, assurance with God, to walk in union with God, to have fellowship with God. That's glory. The old covenant didn't have it. They could come up to the door, they could see God, they were to live in His Word, but they weren't in this intimate communion that you and I are in. Don't let people rob you from this relationship with God that they might be one as we are one. I and them, thou and me, that they be made perfect in one, that we come to this life. We come to the bearing of this life, that it becomes real in us, that we're really united with him. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. I can just feel in me the power of the living Christ who has united me to himself. Glory to God. In 1 John, 1 John, I'll read a couple places in 1 John. 1 John 5, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. This is similar to John 17. And this is life eternal that you might know the only true God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. 1 John 5 says, And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding so that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Now this, I believe, about sums it up. He is the true God and eternal life. So for me to know life is to know him. Just use that example of assurance one more time. I can't know assurance that I'm saved without knowing him. I can't know assurance that I'm not condemned without knowing him. I can't know assurance that I have the treasures of God without knowing him. That's what I mean. He has to be measured out. I could use the word righteousness. 
I can't know I'm in right standing with God without knowing the righteous one. Glory to God. But as I know him, I can walk in it as he appears, as this living word is made real in me. I can walk in it. Now, one of the scriptures I absolutely love is in 1 John. 1 John. I love this. Chapter 1. 1 John, cha 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. Now, John and the apostles, all but Paul, saw him in the flesh, walked with him, talked with him, ate with him. But Jesus said to them, there are many things I want to say to you, but you cannot bear them. I've quoted it many times, albeit when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he's going to take a mind and he's going to show it. So the, those things of the word of life, which we're looking upon. Now, again, I want to take away from this scripture. They saw him in the flesh. But I believe John was seeing him just like he did in the book of Revelation. By the spirit of the living God and his hands were handling. In other words, he was handling that of Christ. It was becoming real in John's being. Verse 2, for the life was manifested, and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and we heard and heard declare we unto you. This, this is what we want to do to declare what we've seen and heard of the Spirit of God. And here's why. Here's why. That you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. We could stay here for days just considering this before the Lord. That that we have seen and heard declare we unto you. Do we declare what we've seen and heard? Do we declare what the Spirit of God is showing us? That's what Paul said he declared. He said he was never taught it of man, neither learned it by man, but through the revealing of Jesus Christ but by revelation of Jesus Christ, the revealing of Jesus Christ. When God separated him from his mother's womb and, draw, and drew him by his grace to reveal, called him by his grace to reveal his son in him. And there's where Paul began to declare this great fellowship of the great mystery of Christ in you. And that's the fellowship of life is Christ in you that you and I would share in his glorious life. 
Oh, what love the Father has bestowed upon us. Man, let those words have more meaning than just, just saying, well, God loves me. Well, he loves us, yes. But oh, what love he's bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God, that this life would appear in us. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, we would appear with him in glory. What love that we would be called children of God, waiting for the expectation of his glory to be manifest in our souls, in our hearts, that we would see him as he is and declare him one to another, and that, that as we declare him, that those that we declare him to may come in perfect union with the Lord Jesus, that, may have, that they may have the same fellowship, they may experience the same glory. Oh, hallelujah to the Lamb of God. What a glorious gospel we have to share. That you may be one with him. Well, may the Lord just richly bless you. And may we enjoy his life. Blessings in Jesus' name. Amen.